Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. This episode is sponsored by Try Vegan, a vegan meal home delivery service that is nutritious and delicious and makes your life easier. Based out of New Jersey, they deliver throughout the Northeast. Check out more details on their website, tryveganmealprep.com. And you can get 25% off your first order with the promo code LITYOGA. So go vegan. Good movement, and welcome to Redefining Yoga, a Lit Yoga podcast which is designed to investigate all aspects of the modern evolution of yoga from my background as a physical therapist and lover of movement. My mission is to help everyone find freedom through safer and smarter movement patterns. So together we can be uplifted, benefiting all beings. Today is Friday with friends, and I have a new friend, Mark Robinson. He is a doctor of physical therapy. I'm so excited to talk with him and hear all about his wonderful projects that he has going on, and we have a lot of similar philosophies. Welcome, Mark. Thank you, Laura. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me on your show and your podcast. And just wanted to say hi to your audience, and thanks for listening to me today. Yes. So you have a couple of different projects. You have Evercore, which is on on um, Instagram. And what is your other one? The other company is Active Atoms. And just to summarize it, it's just a nutrition company. And Evercore is more of a physical therapy company. So Evercore focuses more on injury recovery. And then Active Atoms focuses more on the internal uh, nutritional health. And so that it's more of the uh, health and fitness aspect of, of the spectrum. So Evercore is more focusing on those particular injuries that you have, like sciatica, meniscus tears, plantar fasciitis, mostly the chronic persistent issues. That just happened to be the niche that I fell into because uh, on Instagram, when I was doing posts, uh, I was getting the most engagement on those posts. Most people were interested in plantar fasciitis and meniscus tears and sciatica. So I just went with it. That's amazing. So, and, and how do you link that with the nutrition? Because I love that you're looking at, this is a really holistic approach. You're not just saying, hey, let me ultrasound your plantar fascia and do some e-stim or whatever it is, all these kind of modalities that are pretty commonplace in the clinical setting. You're looking at how do you improve function, recover from that, and also what's happening internally. How did you get into that aspect of the like the nutritional, the supplement? Great question. So you mentioned some of the passive modalities like electrical stimulation, ultrasound, ice, TENS unit, things like that. Um, I focus more on the active approach. So exercise, strength training, teaching people how to do dynamic stretches, how to modify their posture and their uh, body positioning during the day. So it's that active approach. And I came to realize though, as I'm working with patients, I've been a a physical therapist for about seven years now. And uh, just being in the clinic, just having a lot of conversations with people, I started to realize uh, some of my own limitations when it came to that holistic approach. I started to realize that people's sleep, their nutrition, their stress level have such a huge impact on the pain that they feel. And I started to realize that it wasn't always related to their biomechanics and it wasn't always related to weakness, although it can in in many cases. 
But I realized that nutrition, it plays such a vital role and specifically inflammation as well. And so that was uh, one of the main things of why I started Active Atoms because a lot of my clients would ask about any natural anti-inflammatories. And so it was just was this reoccurring question that I would get. And so I started doing more research and I found out that turmeric uh, is a great natural anti-inflammatory or provides anti-inflammatory support. And so I, I went to go recommend some different uh, turmeric, turmeric supplements that were out there and I didn't find any. And so that's what led to me uh, partnering with the manufacturer and we have uh, a, a really high dosage of turmeric extract. And so that helps with inflammation. And I'm able to suggest that to my clients as a something that they can use once they're after, you know, after they get rid of that uh, acute inflammation, once they're kind of trying to wean off of the ibuprofen, they can get on to turmeric as more of a long-term management of inflammation. Because those issues that I mentioned earlier, uh, like plantar fasciitis and uh, sciatica, they're, you know, they're not completely linked to inflammation. But the chronic persistent cases, there's just a, there's a chronic uh, persistent systemic inflammation that exists. You know, it's not that acute inflammation that's causing the pain necessarily, but it's contributing to that chronic low level, low grade pain that they have. And so I just wanted to be able to help more with, those, with that aspect of their pain. Right. And, and that's like breaking the cycle of the inflammation, which is usually the most kind of, I just think, dehumanizing thing. Like if you just, uh, if you have plantar fasciitis and you, and you get it a little bit better and then you go for running and then it happens again. And it's like, it really is demoralizing. Like I can't get control of this. And some of it is you have the breaking of the inflammation cycle. And for those of you who aren't sure or don't know about this, like anti-inflammatories like an Advil or something are very useful because what they're doing is signaling to the prostaglandin, these chemicals that are responsible for calling upon inflammatory soup to come in. And so they're basically breaking that message, but there's prostaglandins in your gut. So you're also harming those as well as the ones that are summoning inflammation. So there's a lot of ways where you can actually use these natural sources uh, that are anti-inflammatory and something like turmeric, which is incredible. You can sprinkle it on things or make it really easy and do it in a hypercapsule like like you're providing. And we'll have to get information on that. But a side note to that, that I found out about 10 years ago is that turmeric is as effective as like tamoxifen. You might've heard of this, which is a breast cancer. That's the drug that they'll have to take for the breast cancer treatment. And there has been research that has shown that Turmeric is as effective as tamoxifen, which is you know a chemotherapy drug, very damaging. So it's it's not to say forget your tamoxifen, but it really is to show you that there's everything. All these drugs came from nature; they've just been you know changed and modified. But like here is turmeric, this natural source of um, anti-inflammation, and I think that's so powerful. And educating your clients about how they can. Take this into their own hands without worrying about getting an ulcer or having some of the side effects of an anti-inflammatory medicine like an Advil is so powerful. Have you found that to be true? Absolutely. And the other thing about inflammation is that ibuprofen for certain injuries like tendinopathies and tendon injuries. For example, if somebody had a rotator cuff surgery, 
it's not recommended to take ibuprofen because research has shown that it can delay healing. It actually can delay and have a negative impact on the recovery and healing of tendons and ligaments and bone. And so uh, the thing is that turmeric, it's not just uh, anti-inflammatory. What it does is it promotes a healthy inflammatory response because it, it, there's actually some of those um, the inflammatory markers, there's actually pro-inflammatory markers. Uh, it actually sometimes has a, it promotes inflammation in some cases and it inhibits inflammation in other cases because that's essentially what your inflammatory system and your autoimmune system is doing. It's, it's either upregulating or it's downregulating inflammation. And so, and it's doing this through the cytokines, it's doing this through the prostaglandin, you know, it's, it's doing this through the cell signaling. And so you're not always wanting to inhibit inflammation 100%. And ibuprofen just inhibits it. It just completely gets rid of it and reduces it, which that's why you feel that immediate effect. It could be like a day, it could be a few hours. And so that's, that's okay to take for that initial acute pain or if you're really feeling it. But if you're wanting something to just manage that, that higher level of systemic inflammation, then, then turmeric is a, is a way better uh, choice. And it's just a fascinating herb. It's just a fascinating plant that's grown in India and Bangladesh. It's been around for thousands of years. It's used in Ayurvedic medicine. And it's so funny to me how these different Eastern approaches or just uh, you know, other medicinal approaches that are used around the world, they were kind of written off in the past as not having any validity in, the, in Western medicine because we didn't have any peer-reviewed studies. But now there are more peer-reviewed studies showing that when you use certain high, higher dosages of, of turmeric extract, then you can get these, these inflammatory benefits. And do you take, do you take it just uh, prophylactically, like on a daily basis? If you don't have any, if, like for you personally, do you take it? Yeah. So what I do personally is if I have a hard workout and I, I feel it in my shoulders, that's, that's typically where I'll feel it. I might feel it in like my upper back and my neck. And it's not anything... You know, it's no specific injury. It's just this this achiness that just persists. Maybe like a little bit too long. I worked out too hard, and I know that uh, I, I probably overloaded my tendons. And and obviously, that's important not to over overload your body. But I take about one capsule. Per, I take one capsule per day as a maintenance, and then I take two capsules per day if I'm trying to to take care of some of that the achiness and that pain. And there's a study. That was done in uh, in two thousands, I believe it was in 2000, uh, 2015. No, 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 two thousand nineteen is a recent study, and it looked at uh, turmeric extract uh, compared to diclofenac and to ibuprofen. There's two separate studies, and it showed that if you took it for about a month, uh, one of them, the diclofenac, was for twenty eight days. They used fifteen hundred milligrams of turmeric extract, and that has a higher concentration of curcuminoids, and that's what you want. Uh, you, you're going for those curcuminoids. That's where the anti-inflammatory uh, benefits are. So they took that for 30 days and it had a similar effect as diclofenac. And in the other study, similar effect as ibuprofen, less side effects, less gastric uh, distress from that. And so it's just a, it was a better option all around. That's amazing. Well, let's back it up for a minute. Like you're mentioning Western and Eastern. Obviously, you became interested in physical therapy, which is, is not necessarily a Western practice, but is more of a kind of modern medical model profession. How did you get into, how did you become interested in PT? Yeah, I wish I could tell you that I had some dramatic injury that I was... 
I didn't have one either. So <laughs> and I twisted my foot and then I broke my ankle and tore my meniscus and I had surgery and I worked with the greatest physical therapist ever, but that didn't happen. I just love sports. I played baseball. That was my passion. Uh, I played soccer. I played a little bit of basketball recreationally. And I just wanted to be the best that I could be at what I was doing. And I still try to do that as a physical therapist and with my companies. I just, I'm truly trying to be the best that I can be. So I wanted my body to be in great condition. So I was, uh, I took it upon myself to read. I was 16 years old and I was going to bodybuilding.com and I was reading articles and I was learning about supplements. I was reading about branch chain amino acids and glutamine and creatine. And I was trying to do everything I could to have an extra advantage uh, to make my baseball team in college. So it really just started out as that. I actually got into athletic training and wanted to go out on the, on the field. I wanted to work with athletes. But for some reason, I didn't feel as connected to the athlete as I do to just the weekend warrior, just the person who is just you know, not the higher you know, upper echelon, echelon of an athlete. Um, and I think it's because I feel like the athlete or they already have an ability to do their normal daily activities. They're just trying to become better at what they're doing. And I didn't feel as fulfilled doing that. I, I felt more passionate. I felt more interest and more motivation and self-fulfillment by working with people that had more serious injuries. And uh, you may not know this because I didn't you know, tell you this at all, but I actually started my career working with neurological injuries. Uh, I, I, I had my first internship with Project Walk. It was in Carlsbad in, near San Diego. And I, I spent, I was a, a, an assistant trainer there and I worked with people with spinal cord injury. So I would be helping people with, with spinal cord injury walk and do gait training and, and helping them get on adaptive machines and, and starting to work out. And then after that, I started working with people that had stroke. I would actually go to their homes and I would buy total gyms for them and I would help like, set up a home gym right in their living room. And we would convert a room of their house into a home gym. And I was just a personal trainer that would get some training from a physical therapist and I would just work, work with his clients and he would teach me how to, how to be uh, basically like their home caregiver. That's incredible. You know, that's like such a similar path as me as I, I loved sports and I also didn't have any dramatic story. I, I literally was planning to be a doctor and then I was like, I'm not sure I want to do that because that was too intense. <laughs> you know, the pre-med track, I wanted to have a little bit more fun and, and balance in college. And I was dating a medical student who was going to be an orthopedic surgeon. He's like, you would be such a great physical therapist. And I'd only ever come across a physical therapist years before when a high school friend of mine had been in a really, really awful car accident. And when I went to see her, her PT was, came in at the end. And I just saw like this like light in her when her PT came. And I thought, wow, that's really cool. She's going to help her. She was in a halo, cervical halo and all that. And so I had those little... Moments, and then my initial thought: um, I worked at Duke in the um, in sports medicine and with the athletes there, and professional athletes who would fly down to work. You know, and so I thought going into grad school, I was going to work with athletes. My first job out of school was in a rehab center, working with neurologically impaired and just older patients in general, and I loved it. It was the absolute opposite of what I thought I would like, but I found orthopedics pretty prescriptive. And, you know, like you said, it was, I don't know, I, I felt like it doesn't have to be prescriptive at all. And I work with tons of different people now, but it is kind of surprising. I think it's a really good example of like, 
have an open mind because sometimes it, the populations that you wouldn't expect that you would want to work with teach you the most, teach you the most. And are the, the, the fulfillment is, is so amazing. Um, so is your population now, like what is your population now like after that experience? Are you broader? Do you specialize? So now it's, I would say it's 40 to 65. That's the probably the, the bread and butter of the age group that I work with. Um, mostly musculoskeletal injuries. So probably the most common diagnosis is sciatica. So just uh, having uh, pain that's going down the leg, one leg or both legs. Uh, my specialty is in the McKenzie method. And it's also known as mechanical diagnosis and therapy. So that was a whole paradigm shift in the way that I approached uh, treating musculoskeletal issues. So can we my stop case- right there? Because sciatica is probably you know, in the top five things that I'm asked about. And I think it's probably, I mean, obviously that's what you, that's one of your specialties, but can you just explain to the people who might've heard what sciatica is, or I've heard of it, what, it, what is sciatica and how your, what is your interpretation of it? Because it is like, to me, a very, very umbrella term. Yeah, it is an umbrella term. Uh, typically you'll, you'll start to experience some pain going down the leg and you might end up going to your primary care doctor. Their main job is to make sure that you don't have a tumor, you don't have a fracture. So you might get the x-ray and possibly an MRI. They'll usually wait on that. But they'll give you a diagnosis of sciatica. And you might get some stretches. They're going to be very generic, things that you can probably find on, on YouTube or on Instagram anyways. But it's this generic diagnosis. It doesn't really mean much more than you have pain down the leg, which is basically what you already know. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, so it that's could be why low, you're there. Some people can have low back pain, but sciatica in particular, there is some source of radiation pain because that, that implies there's, there's nerve and um, root involvement. Correct. And more true sciatica is going to be that there's nerve root involvement in the lumbar spine. It's going to be in the low back and you have five vertebrae, L1 to L5. There's going to be nerve roots, uh, L1 to L5 nerve roots there. And most of the time, it's going to be uh, some position of your body, uh, you might you might have tweaked your back, your lower back when you didn't realize it through excessive sitting or through some posture or lifting something wrong. Um, this can also be something that adds up over time and you end up getting some irritation to that nerve root. And I say irritation to the nerve root because it can be uh, mainly two different categories. It could usually be inflammatory. And that's where we, you know, I got into the whole nutrition topic, which is good. Then it can also be mechanical. And that's where my specialty in the McKenzie method helps out a lot. Uh, it's usually both and it's mostly mechanical. It's mostly related to the position of your body. Most of the time, there's going to be some sort of positions that you can get your body into to increase or to decrease your symptom. And so once you can start to understand the way that that symptom behaves and the way it responds to your body positioning, then you can start to form a treatment plan around it to get your pain to centralize. And the main uh, goal is to get the pain out of the leg and then to move it towards the center of the lower back. And that's going to be called centralization. And that's ultimately what we're trying to do. And of the people that you treat um, or see, how many would you say fall into that camp of sciatica? Is it a majority? A uh, majority of people who have... Yes, if, if, if somebody has leg pain, except for the diagnosis of meniscus tears, where it's very clear on the MRI, but if they have a vague leg pain, there's going to be quite a bit of people that have uh, uh, sciatica. I would say out of my whole caseload, 
probably 30% or 40% of people have sciatica. And out of my entire caseload, I would say it's probably 85% musculoskeletal injury and maybe 15% neurological, where I'd still be working with people that have um, stroke or balance issues or even vertigo. I've, uh, I've, I've dabbled a little bit. I've gotten into... I just had a, a wide background. So I, I, had a, I have enough uh, experience to do some, some vestibular rehab as well, but it's not my main specialty. So I, right. I do the That's simple the thing. The, for sure. Yeah. yeah. So generally speaking, do you have a... Not, I don't want to say prescription, but do you have almost a protocol that you follow based on you know, your years of experience, um, your education that you can apply to almost any client who comes to you? Like, where do you start? Um, and what is, what is your goal? I mean, I know we all have somewhat of a similar stuff, but I'm curious because I know mine and it doesn't really vary that much based on whoever is in front of me. Yeah, the first visit, since it's the assessment and the evaluation, I, I believe that the assessment and evaluation is extremely important for the success of, of uh, the whole treatment plan. So that is where we really need to dig deep. I become a detective. I want to hear all about your injury. I want to know how it started, previous injuries that you've had. I want to know what you're doing right now. Even the, like, the reps and sets that you're doing, I want to find out what kind of load, what kind of uh, demands that you are putting onto your body. Because the injury happened for a reason. Your body didn't just wake up one day injured. And if it did, then maybe you slept wrong. Maybe there was some something that happened. So we need to find out what that is to avoid it happening again. So there's a lot of clues that can be picked up during that assessment. And, and to me, that's, that's just very important. So I, I start there. And that first day, I'm also going to be going over a lot of uh, body positioning. So if it's lower back pain or sciatica, and even sometimes the knee too, you, you'd be surprised how many people can get knee pain just because their knee is bent and flexed when they're sitting. They sit cross-legged, they twist their knee. Most of the time, people are doing things that they don't realize. And so there's a, a quick win. That's my goal. I'm trying to give my client a real quick win that they can find uh, some sort of pain relief immediately. So they can make some small, usually behavior modification to what they're doing, and they can feel better from that. And then that's the main thing. So if it's sciatica, it's going to be using the McKenzie method to look at these body positioning and movement. And I try to give one or two exercises after the first session. Very basic, I would say, if we're trying to be more generalized. I keep it super simple that first day. Then on the second, like second, third visits, we're going to start to... The whole goal is to progress into strength training. I'm trying to get them to not be fearful of movement. So I'm trying to purposely do the movement that hurts them to teach their brain and their body that that shouldn't be as painful. And then from there, it's just adding weight and resistance to the painful movement. And then over time, just by loading it properly, then they'll usually get better. I love that. I love that. That's a great, a really great path. And I, and I think what you pointed out is really important for everybody to realize like little steps in habit formation is what ultimately is going to lead you to feeling better, to um, healing, and to starting be to starting better movement patterns that will, you know, it's those little tiny steps. Sometimes people just get overwhelmed by here's 10 exercises. If you do this, this is, it's like, what are you doing every day? And what can we change just a little bit? Bring your awareness 
And I think what's so fascinating is it's also educates the person just to be a little bit more awake in life. You know, there's so many things we do subconsciously that can create kind of a wear and tear or suboptimal movement pattern. And it's really asking people like, hey, just just pay attention. It's actually, it's much better for you if you pay attention like moment to moment and how something feels and, you know, movements is really going to be healing for you. But like also pay attention to those times you're not moving, like like you were saying, how you're sitting, how you're standing. I talk about posture all the time. For you personally, what, what are your, like, how do you take care of your body? What are your movements like practices? Great question. So I had a pain between my shoulder blades when I was in graduate school in physical therapy school. I was studying. I was hunched over a lot. I did so many scapular exercises. I was doing I's, T's, and Y's. I was doing rows. I was strengthening so much and I couldn't get the pain to go away. I thought I was sitting up straight. Then I started... I was working in a clinic with a lot of other therapists. There was, uh, it was a big clinic. Maybe 12 other therapists were there, physical therapists. And uh, one of my colleagues went over to me and they, they tapped on my shoulders. They brought my shoulders back. They made me sit up straight by cueing my pelvis. And I realized that I wasn't even close to having an upright posture. And I thought I was. So I started... Then I used... Uh, I was using the McKenzie lumbar roll at the time. Um, and I was using either that or just a rolled up towel. I put that behind my lower back. And that pain literally went away uh, in a week. And I couldn't get that thing to go away in a year, like wow. year and a half in graduate school. And it had nothing to do with my exercises. It had all to do with my body positioning. And I came to realize it was that bo- my body positioning is so important. And, I'm, and then even after that, I started to get some neck pain. And, and I was still trying to do different exercises, little contract, relax techniques. I was like pressing into my head. I was doing my McKenzie retractions. And yes, they would help. But now for the last year, I hardly have any pain in my back, neck, shoulders, like nothing. And it's because I'm so aware of my positioning. I never, I'm so aware of just changing my body position. And that's really the main thing. It's like I'm still going to the gym, I'm still exercising, working out, but I do experience less pain and I feel a lot better. And I find that it's not as much work for me to hold certain postures, like a nice upright posture. I had this conversation with my roommate the other day. He was talking about how his, his shoulder, he always feels like his shoulders are slumped. So he's using one of those posture strap devices and he's asking, my th- asking me about my thoughts about that. And I said, you know, it's good as a training tool. I, I wouldn't recommend you walk around with this like strap around you to, to hold yourself back, but it made him look better. He, he said he noticed he felt more confident. He was like, yeah, I look better. I'm like, yes, you are because you're standing upright. So when you are more aware of your posture, you're going to be able to stand upright. You're gonna, that's going to improve your confidence. You're going to look like you, you have like better self-esteem. You're going to feel better in your neck and shoulders. And you're not going to get as tight and up or trap and all that. So I just think like that's probably my biggest thing is just being aware of my body positioning. And I've probably felt the best in my life just from that. I and also, not I love that that was your answer instead of like, oh, I do three days a week of this because this is what I preach about every single day is posture and how and positioning and how important it is. And if if you can focus on that, then other all the movements you do, all the strengthening, it's just going to be your starting position is you're you're like all juiced up and ready to go. Like, but if you are like 
It doesn't matter all the work you do in the gym or all that if you're like you're sitting in a shitty way. It's just it's not gonna it's not gonna benefit you. You have no mobility. And what can you do if you're strong in certain ranges of motion, but then you're so weak in other ranges? You don't feel good. Like I, I right now I'm probably 168 pounds. When I was in physical therapy school, I was trying to really bulk up. I was trying to see how big I can get. Uh, I I was taking protein and creatine, and I was getting all bulky. I got up to 190. I'm 5'11". Wow. So I was like a lot... You know, I was a heavier weight. I didn't feel good. I was like hot all the time. I was like sweating because I was always eating. I felt bloated. I, felt, <laughs> I couldn't move as well. I didn't have time to stretch. I didn't really feel good. You know, it's so interesting. It's now like a look. I think people are going for the look of like, hey, I'm like a He-Man. But I agree. Like actually being as lean as, you're, as you can be, is, it's gonna, it's a, that's what makes your... I mean, your bones don't have to carry all that density. Yeah, it's a huge thing. Um, my girlfriend studies uh, genetics. You know, she's like got certified in CRISPR, which is a gene editing technology. She was uh, working a bit as a graduate assistant at Stanford University, and so she's uh, that's the field that she's interested in. She's also a physical therapist, and so that's a really unique background. And so the genetics are really important uh, as well. So I think that my body type kind of wants to be at one sixty or one fifty five. So. If I'm trying to get outside of that body type that I want to be, I really have to work hard for that versus somebody else that maybe they have a propensity to, to gain more fat or you know, they, they, they want to be 200. Like Their resting kind of comfortable weight is 200 and they're trying to get to, to 190. Well, that's going to be the fight. They're going to be fighting for those 10 pounds like almost always. And for me, it's the opposite. I'm trying to fight for those 10 pounds in the opposite direction. I'm trying to gain muscle mass. And I'm trying to fight my genetics because it's. I just want to go to that. Yeah, yeah. I I, lo- I love that, and I think that you guys are going to be like a one-two shop, man. You're going to have genetics and nutrition and all the physical movement. Are you guys go? Are you thinking about it doing something together with that? Yeah, it's very exciting. So she's from uh, Istanbul. She's from Turkey, and she's looking to get into UCSD, the PhD, a PhD program, possibly in. Uh, immune therapies. And so she's interested in arthritis conditions, so like rheumatoid arthritis. And she's interested in using gene editing tools to look at the faulty codes and the genetic sequences that are going haywire. Because like, like you mentioned uh, earlier too, you, you were talking about... Um, we had a conversation and you, you mentioned how some of these autoimmune conditions are the result of the body going haywire. The inflammatory or immune system has this out-of-control response doesn't regulate itself. So if you can start to get the, the body to regulate itself, you might be able to inhibit or stop or completely prevent some of these truly devastating conditions for people. And uh, even, even arthritis, for example, you know, being, being able to slow the progression of, of arthritis would be huge. And if, you, and if you have a physical therapist who understands the importance of, of movement and exercise and nutrition as well. And you can combine that with some gene therapy or some other kind of, you know, you can get into the molecular biology of what's happening and, and address that. I think that you have the future, you have the future of rehab here. Oh, totally. I love that because that's truly, truly holistic and integrative. And that is often the missing piece when we compartmentalize these things, which we have to. It's kind of like when we just talk about a muscle and strengthen that muscle. It's like, well, that muscle has neighboring muscles 
that have, you know, everything that does in some way work in collaboration. So we have to look up, down, inside out, all of it, and really say, like, how do we optimize our performance, our, our, our feeling, our, our engagement in life? I love that. Well, we'll look forward to seeing that in years to come. Um, so my other question would be, what would you say, besides obviously watching posture, watching position, what are like two to three movements that you think like everybody should be doing daily? Right. <laughs> I know it's like, can you come up with just three? I know it's hard. Sure. So for the neck, since uh, you can see me here, mm-hmm. it would be doing neck retractions. Uh, we more now than ever are on our computers. Uh, now, because of COVID-19, uh, we have to be doing Zoom. Uh, kids are in the classroom. So there, there might be leaning forward with their head. So the number one movement I would say for the upper back and the upper quarter would be to do neck retractions. It would be to, to pull the head back and do uh, what's called cervical retractions. Do about 10 of them every few hours. Uh, and that's simply because it just helps to introduce a variety of movement to the neck. Um, if you've been in a forward position or you've been looking down a bit, then it helps to look up and it helps to move in the opposite direction of what you're typically doing. Uh, it's just movement variety and it's it's a principle that's taught in the McKenzie method as well. And so that's something that is uh, very beneficial. I think a lot of people would find a lot of benefit in their in their cervical spine. They might be able to reduce the prevalence of pain radiating down their arm. Um, you can also get cervical radiculopathy that occurs, and that, that tends to happen when you, you might have a lack of variety of neck movement and you might be leaning forward too much at your head. Um, and that can put a lot of strain there on the nerve roots in the cervical spine, much like how they do in the lumbar spine. Exactly. So then, yeah. Yeah. So then the second movement I would do would be uh, a press up. It would be laying down on the stomach. And uh, for those people who sit too much, uh, I think a lot of people are going to be sitting a lot. So um, I'm, I'm, Glad that people have sit-to-stand desks. That's going to help out a bunch. But if they can lay on their stomach and if they can bend their back uh, and arch it to do extension, that's similar to in yoga when you're doing the cobra. Mm-hmm. Um, in the McKenzie world, you do it. Per, it's performed differently than than the cobra. Uh, different reasoning, different rationale and procedure. But it's a similar similar idea that you're just you're stretching out in a in a different direction you know if you're always doing forward folds and forward bends and you're touching your toes or you're sitting and you're slouching in a chair you're just doing a lot of repeated movement of uh, what's called flexion in the lumbar spine so if you did a little extension you would even it out so you're trying to you're trying to balance the system out it's like a, a seesaw so you're just trying to balance out the movement in in the spine so yeah. that would definitely be the second movement that I would recommend. Uh, you can also do it in standing as well, just bending back. There's a hilarious meme going around of this little chick. It's a little yellow chick, little like mini chicken, right? The, yeah, yeah. And it's just bending. It, it has its uh, little hands or whatever, its wings like on its <laughs> low back. And it's just yeah. bending backwards. And, it, and it's funny because anybody that's in low back pain has probably done that before. <laughs> yeah, um, like they ought to... Yeah, it's funny how... We do. We will do things naturally, having never been necessarily taught it. But just like again, if we listen to our body, it's like, oh, it needs to go back. It needs to do. It needs to move in a in a different pattern. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, moving. So neck retraction, extension of the spine, and then the third one would be sit to stands. It would be doing some form of a squat. 
So standing up out of a chair, if you're at your office, you're sitting in your office chair, it would just be uh, scooting to the edge and standing up and sitting down, doing three sets of 15, three sets of 10. The, the, the pattern interruption that you're going to get by doing that every couple hours, uh, the blood flow benefits to your brain, the circulatory benefits, the strengthening of your quads and your glutes. Uh, you know, you're just going to get so many benefits and hit so many muscle groups. You're also keeping your trunk upright somewhat. So you're getting some back extensors to fire. And it's just a, a general global movement that's going to have uh, probably the, 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 the most benefit. And so if you just do that, that would be probably the best. Although my favorite exercise is a deadlift. So I think my, my favorite one is, is a deadlift, but you typically need a little bit more resistance with that, um, you know, using a bar or a kettlebell. So I think, but if you're just trying to do three movements during the day, those would be my three: press up, a neck retraction, and uh, squat. I love that. that. Those are those are great, and they're and really they're the remedies for, like you said, our sitting culture. And again, it's not that sitting per se is terrible. It's that if you it's the lack of variety of movement, if you're just sitting, and as you mentioned, if you are standing at a standing desk, you can take those same kind of poor postural habits and just be on your feet, but still it can be conveyed in your neck and in your in your spine. So I love that. Thank you so much. Well, how can people learn more about what you're offering? Where can they go to find all this good information you have, Mark? Yeah, if they want to learn more about the nutrition company and about turmeric, it's going to be activeadams.com. Uh, you can read about that. Um, you can read about our formula. Um, and also about our partnership and our mission. You know, we have uh, we didn't talk about this, but something that my business partner and I, when we started this company two and a half years ago, you know, our mission truly here through both Evercore and Active Atoms is to help people live with freedom. It's to equip people to have freedom. So this fits the narrative of physical therapists. You know, we want to help people move with freedom, no restrictions, no no mobility restrictions, no um, things that you know cause us to feel disabled. And then with the nutrition company, you know, it's it's the same thing. We want to free people from inflammation. We want to fight against excessive inflammation. And what we've done recently, uh, and this is something that we've talked about for two and a half years, and now we finally have partnered with a company called Rescue Freedom. Um, and so we actually donate uh, we donate four dollars of our small bottle and six dollars of our larger bottle to a nonprofit to fight sex trafficking. So we we want to help people. That are victims of human trafficking uh, because this is a huge issue and it's essentially modern day slavery that's occurring uh, right under our noses. San Diego has about eight hundred million dollars of a sex trafficking industry, uh, which is pretty kind of disgusting. And to think about, it's kind of it's crazy to think about that that can occur. But uh, we want to help with that. That is going to help people who are literally do, uh, don't don't have any freedom. In their life, so we're really excited about that partnership. So, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. learn more about that on activeatoms.com. Um, the physical therapy company. We have articles and we have free support groups on Facebook. We have really thriving groups, and and it's if you go to evercorelife.com, you could find all our Facebook support groups there. Evercore, everything I do on Evercore at this point is mostly free. I just give out free YouTube videos, Instagram videos, and, and we have some products that were. You know that we have on Amazon with Evercore, like a low back support. Uh, but uh, you know, we're really just focusing um, on just giving out just free information through Evercore. That's amazing, and I have to say, I was looking at how many Facebook groups you have for all of these different, you know, diagnoses and and 
just, uh, I, I found that so powerful, that community. And, and now more than ever, um, people need that community and that sense of like, hey, I can do something about this. Hey, other people are experiencing it. And but kind of uplifting each other. I, I just love that. Do you monitor all of those Facebook groups? I do. And it's exhausting. So. <laughs> I was going to say, because you had at least look like six, maybe more. We do. Yeah, we have about six of them. We yeah. have six over 6,000 people in our sciatic group. Uh, and, and it could get, honestly, it could get sort of depressing in the group. People are venting. And I've come to realize that venting is so therapeutic. So I let people, unless it's out of line, I'll let somebody get in there and be like, this effing pain is driving me nuts. Because I think it's therapeutic to them. And, it is. Uh, somebody you know, else is going to come in and be like, hang in there, buddy. You know, I yes. had that same thing. Like they actually, I totally agree. Venting is necessary. And if you vent to somebody, who hasn't experienced it, they're just going to get so tired of you talking about it. But to have a group like this, that was so powerful. How did you decide to do that? Just The sciatic group was... I partnered with another uh, personal trainer, Caroline Jordan. She does a lot of YouTube videos. She has a fascinating story. She just hit over 200,000 subscribers on YouTube and she got the silver YouTube award. Um, they gave her an award. And, and she had a injured... Uh, she had a sesamoid injury in her foot and it led to her literally being in a, in a chair. She could not walk and even for, for about three years. So she had nothing else to do. So she just started videotaping herself working out in a chair. And she started doing these hilarious chair cardio workouts where she's just doing these chair workouts. And they're so popular. They just have mil- like tens and uh, hundreds of thousands of views and, and people love them. Check that out. So, so yeah, I did, a, I did a collaboration with her. We did some sci- a sciatic nerve video and she has some other ones. And so we just... We drive people in from our, our YouTube videos into the uh, into the the group on Facebook, and then people find us through my website as well and through Instagram. And so uh, that's how we got to the sciatic nerve group, and and then the meniscus tear group. It's it's through YouTube as well. I did a YouTube video that's popular for meniscus tears, and people find that, and then they and then we direct them into the Facebook support group for for meniscus tears. We almost have two thousand people that have meniscus tears. I'm learning about. These, I mean, I obviously study it a lot, but like people are doing clinical trials for treatments, meniscus uh, transplants, things that are not even available to the public uh, are being discussed in this group. I was going to say, you actually are probably learning as much, if not more, than some people who are really studying this and researching it because you are, you are have a population study right here. And, and people can say what worked, what didn't work. Um, it, this is all great anecdotal, but really powerful evidence. And again, that community is, is so wonderful. So I am really impressed with all you're doing. And I'm, I'm so glad you came on here to speak with us. And so check out Mark um, at Evercore, um, E-V-E-R and Core, C-R-E, C-O-R-E. That's his Instagram. And then you also have an Instagram page for your Adams or no? Yes. Yeah. yeah. The Instagram is Evercore Life. And uh, the... And then the main place where we have most of our content is activeatoms.com and also at activeatoms on Instagram. We have a, our website. We have tons. We have probably the most information you'll ever find on turmeric. Turmeric. Okay. Well, we're going to go. Sorry to make out. a big claim, but we do. <laughs> it's just our learning center. We have, we have all the different topics itemized, broken down by our knee arthritis, dementia, Alzheimer's, uh, IBS. You know, for, for digestive issues, for gut inflammation, for sciatica, for cancer, and we have uh, evidence-based, peer-reviewed studies uh, that we're just uh, referencing in these articles. So we have tons of information. And even if it's you know you're not even interested in getting the turmeric, 
just reading about it and understanding about the conditions and, and what kind of holistic medicine can do for you is uh, it's really good to know that. And then you might, it, you know, and might take you on a trail. Powerful. Right. And that we can, you know, this is right in our hands. Well, thank you so much for taking the time. You are such an impressive individual, really changing people's lives. And I'm so glad we've become connected. So thank you for coming today. And thank you guys for listening. And as always, yeah, I'm pulling for you. Appreciate it. Well, thank you for having me as a guest. I appreciate the, the time and I love what you're doing as well. I can't, you know, I'm, I'm excited to listen to more of your podcast and, and to continue following you. Thank you so much. Thanks, Mark. Be well.